Righto, you legends, before we rip into another episode of the Deadass Podcast, I'd firstly like to thank our major sponsor, Country Tracker Caps, for the continued support of the podcast. You will find their merchandise at thecountrycompanies.com or if you'd like to design your own cap, head to countrytruckercaps.com. Knuckles has fired up a discount code for the pallbearers. Type in Deadass at the checkout to receive your discount. That is D-E-A-D-A-S-S. Welcome to the Dead Ass Podcast. All right. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today for another episode of the Dead Ass Podcast. I am your host, Brizey, and today I have got family as a guest on the potty. I've got my uncle, Uncle Dale. How are you, sir? Very well, thank you. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> no, no, I appreciate. It. I just want to throw you right in the mix there. Right? I'm sorry to do that to you, You're but right. you've actually, but I've, you've got a very extensive career in the police force. You're obviously a retired police officer, um, but you also did quite an extensive things of other stuff throughout that over the years. And, and uh, so, what we do here on the podcast is it gives people an opportunity to share their stories and to share their life and the reason why we like to do that is because over the years of doing the funeral stuff as you know you've been involved in the funeral industry over the years with the family um that you get to hear these stories and eulogies of people and it's an amazing stories but there's told from the third person not from the actual person who lived it so there's those key notes and stuff that's missed you don't get the full story and that's what we want to do we capture those stories those good ones and that's what we want to do with you today so cool Seeing that you're Sounds up for the good. weekend. So. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's right. uh, so firstly, um, well, I guess we could go through like where you grew up and stuff like that. So where were you be born? Born in Adelaide? I was born in Adelaide and um, that's probably where it all started with the police side of things right, because yeah. my father, he was a, a police officer and um, – and he, his name's Brian too. Yes, Brian. That's right. Yes, I got the yes. name for us. Grandpa's yes. Brian. Brian, yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. That's right. And, um, and I can remember growing up as um, – uh, with him being in the traffic branch here on the BSA 650 Gold Flash motorcycles yeah, and the joddies cool. and boots and he come flying home and on the motorbikes and yeah. and we always look forward to seeing that. It was quite a quite an interesting time to watch him on the bikes. It was great. It would have um, been cool. Oh, it was. It was. And um, he used to even put us on the motorbike. Yeah. And we'd hang on to the windscreen mm. and he'd take us to school. Oh, that's cool. Sitting on the fuel tank of the BSA, <laughs> we'd pull up, the kids all going, yay. <laughs> and um, it was great. We did it a few times, but it was a little bit short-lived. Yeah, okay. Because um, one day he picked me up from school, which yeah. is probably a little unusual. He said, come, we'll head home. I said, yeah, Ripper, we Stayed on the bike and I was dying to go to the toilet. <laughs> I was busting. We're ripping home. And, of course, he's going over all the bumps. Until yeah. in the end, I piddled myself. <laughs> and when I did, it all went down over his motor. Uh, Steam's coming uh, off the motor as he's riding along. <laughs> we got home. He gave me a hiding and then said, you're never getting on this bike again. <laughs> you copped a flogger for pissing yourself. <laughs> So that was my introduction to Traffic Branch. Oh, nice. Yeah. And then you wanted to be one. And then I wanted to be one. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Where did you um, – so you you grew up mainly down that area. Was that 
And then you did the, went through high school and stuff like yes. that. And did, was it straight out of high school, straight in the police force? Did you do that? Or did you I, have a job to start with? And I, I did go initially into the South Australian police, okay. into the police academy there from the age of 16. Oh, and wow. So a, you literally went straight into it. I did a cadets course for yeah. three years. But I short-lived that one and moved out and went back to Melbourne yeah, where okay. family were there. Yeah. And I then went into doing things like uh, fibreglassing where I did um, oh, wow. fibreglass pools and spas. I helped, um, you know, in the moulding of that and yeah. uh, the chopping of the fibreglass and all that. So yeah, did a little bit of harder stuff um, yeah. there. It was quite interesting. It was good to learn a lot of bit about that sort of things and yeah. enjoyed it. And... Uh, it was um, soon after I'd got those pangs to go back and try for the police. Yeah. And at that stage, my parents had moved up to Canberra. Yeah. And I wanted to join the Victorian police. And um, while I was up there, well, he, my father, he rang me and said, well, listen, why don't you come up and join the federal police instead? Uh, yeah, okay, right, yeah. Yeah, so okay, cool. So I packed the family. Yeah. And we went up to Canberra where um, I went back into concreting then, doing concreting pools and heavy heavy work like that until um, I had an interview and went through all the regular stuff to yeah. get into the federal police. And the interview actually for that was quite interesting too. Was it really? Yeah, yeah. It was a very tricky. Was it, was it like it, the, were they purposely trying to trick you up or was it like psychological? No, I, I stood outside. The chap. Um, who was doing the interviewing at that time, um, a senior sergeant, and he he sort of like knew my family. But yeah, okay. he said, so I, I'm standing out in the hallway. And he says, yeah. oh, Dale, come in. We'll have a little bit of a chin wag if that's all right. And I said, yeah, yeah, sure, we'll go in. And he sat down and said, how are things going? And how, yeah. what have you been up to? What are you doing? How do you feel about these sort of things? And I'm, I'm freely talking to him. And uh, anyway... He said, oh, you can go back up in the hallway if you like. And I said, okay, well, are you going to call me in when we do the interviewing? And he said, no, you just had it. Oh, really? So they tricked you up. <laughs> he tricked me. He, oh, wanted, he wanted the A true. real answer. He hey, that was smart. It was. Yeah. And consequently, yeah, they, they did let me in. Oh, cool. Which was crazy. But they yeah. did. They yeah, did? They did. <laughs> and so how old were you roughly when you did that? I was about uh, 25. 25. Years yep. of age. Yeah. Yes. Oh, cool. Yes. And then what, and then what, and so that was the federal police? That was the federal police. Yeah. Yes. And I did that through to until 1996. Well, with the federal police, I stayed in... Sort of like two components there. One's the uniform side yeah. in Canberra. Yeah. And the other part is a lot to do with plain clothes throughout the different states. Ah, uh-huh. okay. Right, so, yeah. But I stayed in uniform yeah, in, okay. in Canberra. Yeah. And how, what was that gig like? Did you like that? Yeah, I loved it. I, it was shortly after getting onto the road, I actually applied then for the traffic branch for the uh- motorbike side. For the federal police. For the federal police. Okay, so they had a traffic branch as well, the federal police. Yes, because they were, they were on the, the ACT, the Canberra contracted the federal police there to do the police, the uniform policing uh, in okay. Canberra. Oh, right, yeah. And so um, I stayed there in uniform because that was the, the side I wanted to stick with. And uh, so shortly after, I did apply for the motorbike course. Yeah. Uh, which was a very difficult 
horse to pass. And was it purely because you had a passion for it from seeing the old man do it? I, I think it, yeah. I think like going back, it, yeah. Yeah, and I was always very careful to make sure I didn't have to want to go to the toilet when I was on the bike. <laughs> ch- childhood trauma. Child trauma. <laughs> Every time you just there. imagine you getting flogged. Yeah. <laughs> for it, pissing yeah. on the bike. <laughs> I'll never forget it. I remember the look on his face, how embarrassed he was. And... Anyway. <laughs> but it was it was good. Uh, the traffic branches. I saw it, you know, introduced to a lot of things that you see as a policeman. Yeah. Oh, of course, yeah. You know. It was good. I saw a lot of good things on the the good side of people. Of course, a lot of a lot of bad things too. Yeah. You, you see things in life that aren't really all that good that generally the public don't get to see. Yeah, yeah, of course. Oh, definitely. 100%. Mm. Was, yeah. was there... Was your interaction with the general public, was it just as much as like the state police? Like the Yes. It was. It was virtually the uniform side with the federal police in Canberra was virtually the, the same as state police. Oh, okay. Yeah. So ACT still had a their own normal police as well? Or was it all federal in the ACT? Well, earlier there was um, two components. One was called the ACT police, yeah. which wasn't an actual ACT police force. Yeah, sure. And then the re- and the other half, well, not the other half, but the other policing that was um, designated from Canberra was called the Commonwealth Police. Oh, okay, right, yeah. And then soon, uh, around that 1983 mark, 84 mark, they then combined the two together yeah. and created the Australian Federal Police. Ah, okay, rodeo. So yeah. Oh, that's cool. What mm. was uh, what was the first bikes that they had? What were they running when you first got on the bikes? What were they running back then? Well, my bike course was the Kawasaki Z1000. Oh, sweet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, quite a good, strong bike. It was really good. Um, then towards the end of my bike course, we had swapped over to the the new well the latest model of BMW um, 1000 that came out from Germany and actually well from what I was told we were the first police force outside of uh, Germany, Germany to receive these new um, oh, flat cool. flat four BMWs that oh, were, cool. that we had and we had a whole ton of them there was that a nice bike to ride yeah, yeah yeah they were good yeah the engineering arms really yeah. Yeah, they are pretty superior. The Germans know how to do the yeah. Do oh, really good, good, good quality bike. Yeah, yeah, it was nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but I mean, throughout my tr- life in traffic, there's been a few other different types there of bikes. Was, of, yeah, of there was a real. There's that iconic photo that I see that was like on the front page of the Canberra Times, and mm. I always see it when I go to Grandma's place. Is that photo of you? You've got the, you know, you're coming out of the building, and or you've got you were. At the federal building there or something. Oh yes. Yeah. Can you explain what that was? Because uh, I'll I put I'd like I'll put it up on the social. There was that one where you got the gun across your chest there, yes. and you're like you're like coming out. You've come out of the building, or you know, you, mm. there's, there's that, some, there was some, yes. was it a mat, was someone gone into was, a building or something. Yeah, that was, was um, in Canberra. That was a building called the Jollymont Centre. Yeah. And um, a chap had um, initially he was having problems with his girlfriend and I believe that a guy that was playing up with her behind his back was up at a swimming pool further up then he'd gone up to confront her and him but um, she wasn't there and so he came uh, she worked I think it was in the Jollymont Centre in the city oh, okay he came back in his ute and he had three big um, acetylene bottles oh 
rigged up in the back of the ute as bombs. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. And he drove it straight through the front doors of the Jollymont Centre and set the place on fire and then um, started sh- – when the fire brigade turned up, he started shooting at them. It was a shotgun. So they, of course, they were sitting there. We're not going in there. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're out of here. <laughs> we're out, yeah. So they called in um, an emergency call in for the special operations team. Yeah. Um, like uh, I suppose most people obviously know it as SWAT. SWAT, yeah. What's that, what they call it? Is it CERT? Well, CERT is here in Queensland. Queensland, yeah. yeah. So yes. Queensland equivalent, but it's uh, – what, what do they call it in ACT? Well, back then it was a special operations team. Oh, special but, operations team. But okay. the name has changed since yeah. then, yeah. And here in Queensland it's CERT, State Emergency Response Team. Yeah. And so they called us in. And, and you were a part of that? I was part of that, okay. yes, yes. And there's a whole separate thing that you had to do? Yeah, yes. Okay. A bit of an add-on. Yeah. To what you're already doing. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Cool. And uh, That's yeah, awesome. went in and we uh, we couldn't, we had to wear positive yeah. breathing apparatuses yeah. because the smoke was so thick you actually couldn't see past, virtually right. past your uh, your viewing uh, area. And um, so as we walked through the building, you could feel burning and it was embers falling on us and burning through our shirts. And Shoot. so we didn't have, we didn't have time for protective equipment. So we just had the, the normal police uniform on. Yeah. And I think we ended up finding him in behind a bar where he turned then the shotgun on him and shot himself. Uh, oh, hey. Yeah, suicide in, in there. And then that was the end of it. So then we all packed up and went out. Yeah. But um, we came out and we all got bits and pieces. We yeah. Missing then, and then there's that photo that was taken. It was uh, – you'd, you'd just come out of the building or something. Mm. You had the gun strapped to your chest yes. there. You're wearing your uniform. It was a pretty mad looking photo. It was like the front page of the Canberra Times. And mm. Grandma's got it at home. She's got yes. a big. She's got yeah, a, that's right on yeah, her wall. On there, the yeah. wall there, yeah. Uh, I just sort of remember seeing that photo because that was like was that like early nineties or something that happened. Yes, ninety around ninety three, yeah. ninety four. Um, yeah, that was there. Yeah, that was a HNK MP five. That's what it was. I knew it. That's what yes. it was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know that from COD. <laughs> <They'd call it. laughs> yeah, yeah. The some gun had, yeah. Some had shotguns and some had the MP5s. And yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. What was it like doing the special operations stuff? Was that cool? Very good. Yeah, physically intensive. And if you like doing something different for a few years as a sideline, it was really good. You got to appreciate. Yeah. You know, doing things, uh, enjoying weapons and weapon yeah. training and yeah. trying different sorts of weapons. And uh, that side of thing was good. And then, you know, and of course you get called up for sensitive things that may happen that require you to be there instead of maybe yes. general duties or others that yeah. may not be able to um, attend to it. And we do, but yeah. or I did. And it was, yeah, it was an interesting time where you can just enjoy something a little bit off to the side. Yeah, of course. And yeah. intense training and, and a lot of physical training. So it was cool. No, that's no, that's mad. Yeah, because yeah. like, um, did you have to use that special opera? I mean, besides that one event, because that was a pretty mad event. Um, mm. Was there uh, any other times that you really had to use that sort of – like they yeah. would call in the, the special – Yeah, they we had another one where a chap by the name of uh, – well, allegedly now was called David Harold Eastman and – who allegedly shot um, our assistant commissioner dead in oh, the driveway, and um, he—that uh, was an ongoing investigation where he was walking through different areas throughout Canberra, um, where they believe the 
the rifle that killed the assistant commissioner was a um, twenty two. Oh. So they had us as marksmen or snipers. We were hiding in the bushes, wow, watching him everywhere he went to check and see what is what, what his what movements were because they believed that he had hidden a ton, that, that, that rent that, twenty two somewhere out in some of these areas that he liked to visit and walk. So uh, we were watching because we thought he might have been going back to check. Yeah, see if it's there yeah. or grab it or yeah. something like that. And it was in they were in everything laying in there, you know, and you're fully all, I suppose, you know, cammed up as they say. And you sit there and people come past and they're looking right at you and they've got <laughs> no idea. Wow. You know, I had kangaroos munching on grass right next to me True. and all sorts of things. And you just, it, it, you know, it shows a little bit of, I suppose, you know, you've got to show a little bit of discipline how you. Yes. Because when people are looking at you, you tend to think, have they seen me? But, yeah. You know, and it can be tense. Yeah. But they don't. You just keep your cool and you just stay there and and they go on. Yeah, so the uh, the, the rifles we used, the marksman's rifles were what called a Mauser 86. Yeah, okay. And which was like a target shooting sort of rifle with floating barrels and it was a very good, very good rifle, very accurate 308. Yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, not not use. not here to fuck around. Eh? <laughs> no, 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 no. Specialized rounds yeah. and all sorts of things, and but you had to do it. That was the way it was. You know, yeah, of course. Careful. Yeah, yeah definitely. Oh, 100 percent. It was good. Uh, how how long did you end up doing? How long you did that gig for in, in Canberra? Yeah, I was there for thirteen or fourteen years. Yeah, we did that. Yeah, and then at the end of that, I decided, <clears throat> for my family's sake, give my wife a break and see her family in Queensland, I'd yeah. apply for the Queensland police. Yeah. So the whole time you're in Canberra, you're under the federal the whole time? Yes, and yeah. in, in uniform, and doing in the uniform, motorbikes yeah. and the special operations yeah. team side of things. Yeah, there was that cool photo there where, you're, where you and your mate are standing next to that fighter jet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. F-111. Yeah, yeah. That was, um, that was a graduation day for myself and another um, traffic member where we had been doing the V8 pursuit course. Ah, okay, sure. It was the last day we'd passed. We're going past the RAF base and there was a big F-111 sitting there. So uh, we drove in and had a talk to the pilot and said, listen, let's get a couple of dodgy photos. <laughs> hey, the airplane, sorry. We got one there of me um, with him, his hands out like this and with his helmet on <laughs> and I'm writing him a ticket for speeding. <laughs> I said, you don't go that far through school zone, sunshine, here's your ticket. And the other one was I was kicking the front tyre of the F1. <laughs> it's bald, here's another ticket. <laughs> That's awesome. That was good. Yeah. Uh, it was, I remember the I remember the car it was a VP Commodore. It was a, yes, and it was that, right. that sort of silvery, purpley, like very light metallic, purpley, silvery color. Yes. It was a really cool color. I always liked that car. Yes, I think yeah. I went for a cruise at one time. Yeah, probably yeah. did. Yeah, no, it was. In. Yeah, did went for a yeah. cruise. Um, yeah, cool. No, that, that's pretty. Yeah, oh, you also talk about stories. You used to have a bit of a run with the motorcycle clubs there too. Oh Canada. yes, yes. The, yep. the, the, the uh, well, the well-known one there was the Rebel Motorcycle Club. They were well established in there, yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, there was always between me and another um, police officer who uh, I got along well with, and I still do to this day. He's retired. We used to quite aggressively, yeah, um, always look for them, yeah, and yeah. you know they they're one percent type of values um, and how they believe that they could go around their bikes and freely do what they could do. Yeah. And it was our mission to make sure that they just 
were aware that they couldn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That we ruled the roads. They didn't. <laughs> it, did kill, it did cause a lot of tension every <laughs> yeah, now and then. Death threats and yeah. all. Oh, jeez. <laughs> but when you're that young and you just oh, of bulletproof and you go, yeah. so, no, that's mm. it. You're not, you're not scaring us. So. Yeah. It's a lot different back then to what it would be today. You know, like back then it would have been a lot. I reckon it would have been a lot more crazier. It was, yeah, yeah. And you could do a lot more different things, yeah. you know, to achieve what you wanted to do and still keep it within the bounds of the law. Yeah, but you could really bend it. But you could really <laughs> bend it. It's called the bush and bracken act. <laughs> but, we, but it was always for the good. The general, yeah, of course it for is. For the yeah. general public and for their safety. And so we just had to be oh, a little bit inventive with the way we could... Um, Get, get yeah, of course. With yeah, yeah, definitely. Catching these people. Yeah. Uh, not so much these days with everything that's um, well, on video. Yeah, that's called, right. You know, that's what I mean. All those are gone. But those, you know? that, that, back those, then, none of that, yeah, none of that yeah. existed. Yeah, um, it was good. Yeah, they were, they were good days. I enjoyed it. And I think a lot of police these days who, who are older, like me, who look back throughout their policing careers and they go, yeah, you know, 70s, 80s and 90s were really good times to be in the police. There were times where you... Well, it was a police force back then too. It wasn't it, well, the police right. service. Yes. I mean, there's a lot of, and people say that there's a, a two different times and, it, and as soon as they went to a service, it was a completely different mm. yeah. mentality of the way that they handled things. That's just the general, pop, general thing that I get, that I've heard. Well, it, I think you're true. I think that's true what you say. Um, yeah. It is. A, I mean, look, you're enforcing a law on people that break it. Yeah, and that's right. so that's why it is called a, or was called a police, police force. force. I thought it was a bit of a error to go back to calling something a police service. Well, I think it is too. Me personally, yeah. I think that you're not you're not servicing the law. No, you're not maintaining no. it and giving it a, giving it a uh, an oil change and no. a, you know I'll come back in ten thousand k's yeah. and we'll reevaluate yeah. that. No, you're enforcing the you're law in, that the enforcing. law that yeah the yeah. Commonwealth have whatever whatever you call it. Uh, and it, it it gives a little bit more of air of authority about it too. Well, I reckon that. it does too. I, I, look, sure. I, I remember back in the day, like I remember, I remember growing up and you'd, yeah. look at the, you'd look at the police force and they had this aura about them where mm. they felt powerful. And like mm. you, every time you saw them, you, you, know, you respected them because they, they were the law. Yeah. Nowadays, yeah. you got these same generate like there's these generation of kids that I was at that age that that they just they'll spit on them. Yeah, like, they're not even scared of them. They don't give no. a shit. Yeah. And that there's no there's no force. They and they know it. Yes, they and it has changed big, yeah. it's big softened time. Up. It yeah. has. Um, but that's just my that's just my opinion. Oh, and I that. think you're running along the right line. Yeah, here, I think I think I think they should be given more power back to the police. I think to to do. You know, to give it uh, more of a well, yeah. You know, I, I think I, I think well, you know, like the problem is, is that, and I'm looking at it from a police officer's point of view. The, the the police officer can't do anything without getting in shit. <laughs> so you <laughs> yeah, know, right. so yeah, they can't even they can't even they can't even, probably can't even touch them. They'll get in trouble. Yeah. You know, so they they're so worried that something's going to happen to them. Mm. You know, they should be free of ridicule for a, at a certain point. Yeah, I think. Over the years, like uh, years, uh, did you find that? Did you? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I'm a, look a couple of decades back when you could talk to someone who'd done something wrong on the side of the road, and you go, "Pull your head in, no. don't do it again." Yeah. Otherwise, you know, you get your ass kicked, and yeah. 
you'll end up getting fined or you'll end up getting locked up. Yeah. You say that these days and they'll start crying, they'll go and make a complaint that you spoke harshly to them. That's right. Yeah. And then you get investigated. Yeah. And then you actually you get a rap over the knuckles for mm. saying, Well, you can't talk to someone like that. That's right. Or yeah. you're going, Well yeah. you know, in the early days that actually achieved something. It worked. It worked. <laughs> That's right. It's like not, it's not, like giving your kid a smack when they do yeah. something wrong. Now yeah. you do it, they'll ring the child yeah, will yeah. ring child protective services yeah, on that's you. Right. <laughs> that's right. They do too. Yeah. Oh, so geez. yeah, time times have changed, but oh, it is. Yeah. The, the, I, I don't regret any of the policing side of things. No, I think it gave me great insight into I, life. Oh, definitely. Um, What's your thoughts on retirement age being sixty? You think it's too early? I think these days, like you take you well, like you know, a sixty-year-old man these days is still a very fit man, or even a lady. Sorry, I don't, I don't mean to yeah. discriminate, but yeah. I, do you think sixty years is right, or do you, would you? I think there should be an option yeah. at sixty that you can leave if you wish. Yeah, or the option is to go on until maybe 65. sixty-five. Yeah, and as long as you meet, you know, you certain maintain requirements, certain yeah. requirements, then you have that opportunity to keep on working. Well, I think. I think personally, just from the way that I see things, with the way that we have sporting nutrition, dieting, mm. exercising, because it all yeah. comes down to maybe medical reasons and, and physical reasons and stuff mm. like that. I don't I don't I can't see any other reason why. Yeah, yeah. Well that's right. And plus I think recruiting these days is difficult. Um, this younger generation are finding other avenues to think about and technology. Yeah. All these other things, but Policing is sort of one of the last things they now think of these days because yeah. they see, you know, violence. They don't want to deal with it and all these. Yeah. So it, it can be a difficult sort of thing. Well, to, I think also too, you're taking, you're getting these guys who have been in the police for, you know, 40 years, 20 years, whatever, and then you're going to give them 60 yeah. years of old and kicking them out, going, oh, see, we don't need your, we don't need your experience and everything like that anymore. You can <laughs> well, that's what happened to me. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's that's it. said, see you later, and I'm uh, going, well, this, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I've only, yeah, it was only three weeks before that I went and did an, inten- an intensive um, motorcycle requalification, <laughs> and I blitzed it. It was no problem. <laughs> and yet three weeks later on, see you later, you're not qualified <laughs> yeah, anymore. I'm going, oh, great, okay. This, yeah, I know. That's what I, I was dumbfounded about that. I think, yeah, I think if you, if you pass all the medical requirements to do it still, I think you should be within your right to do it. They, they are changing things here in this state, here in Queensland. Yeah. They are changing that and they're given the opportunity for those who are retiring at 60 yeah. to then continue on. Yeah. Um, oh, well, that's great. And so that's fantastic. Yeah. I hope they do. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's all opening up um, plus – Allowing other incentives also for police from interstate and overseas to come in to help bolster the numbers, and it seems to be coming along a fine too. So, oh, good. Yeah, so they're just looking at different inventive oh, ways just, to. Well, you know, look, I mean, in. 20 years ago, 30, 30 years ago, mm. uh, a 60 year old person to a 60 year old person now is chalk and cheese mm. when you consider all the. The supplements, the nutrition, yeah. the, the 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 science and technology behind everything—you've yeah. got a fit. You've got a better sixty-year-old person now than you do from forty years ago. You do, you yeah. do. So just that's, but yeah, that's even. But that's even like, um, those who now, when they're trying to recruit, yes, they're looking at those with ex- life skills because mm. at one stage they had a lot. Um, and even I've got to admit, even even me when I first started at the age of sixteen. 
but a lot of them are coming out of university and out of school straight into policing. They go on the road and you're supposed to be a marriage counsellor. Yeah. You're supposed to be able to sort out uh, domestic violence. Yeah. You're supposed to straight away go to accidents and watch death, um, yeah. try to make people keep people alive at accidents, uh, deliver death notices of loved ones because they've just been killed. And, uh, yeah. and these people have had no They're experience gonna be, at Yeah, and you're going to be... Yeah, you're going to be a psychologist. Psychologist. And <laughs> it's crazy, and then, isn't it? And then they wonder why sometimes the attrition rate is not real good. It, it, you know, they, they go, hang on, this is what I wasn't taught. Yeah. And, yeah, and that's why life skills with... 100%. With those who have been out with bricklayers or, yeah. you know, like... Yeah, of course. ...funeral yeah. businesses have been yeah. out, and, you know, you dealt with people, death and yeah. hard work. Well, they're the ones that make really good police officers because they've had a taste of life. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, life they, experiences, yeah. and you and you're throwing them back into those life scenarios, yeah. which they've yeah. got experience in. That yeah. makes sense. It's yeah. perfect. Sense. I mean, there are those that naturally adapt okay from you know university and all those. Oh yeah, you know, not knocking them, but no, of course. But there is a lot that don't understand a bit about life. They've been sheltered, and it can be a bit of a shock to them. Yeah, and, a, and then and but then also too, they don't have that street smart about them either. You no, know, like they, no. they, there's a difference between having theory and having practical as well. So, well, because yeah. in the theory, in like in a police academy, you you go and you come up against someone. There's going to be a fight, and they go, oh, "I give in," and you put the handcuffs on and all that. But in reality, you go out in the street, and there's some six foot five hairy gorilla, and he's going, "I'm going to rip your neck off if you come anywhere near me." Yeah, and straight away you're going to go, "Oh hell, what do I do?" Yeah, the textbook didn't tell me. What no, textbook, no, <laughs> the academy didn't teach me that. <laughs> this guy, this guy's supposed to lay down and go, "I give in." <laughs> And it doesn't work that way. Yeah. So, yeah, it can be a very, very quick, um, brutal reality trip for, yeah, for a lot oh, of could police imagine when they be, start. Yeah. 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 Well, so uh, how was the transition from uh, Canberra to Queensland? Was it an easy transition into the police force? Or did you have to sort of relearn everything or do different things? What, how was the process like with that? Well, it was a little different. Um, the actual policing and dealing with people was the same. Yeah, uh, but the laws are state laws are a little bit different to each other. So yeah. I had to re, re go back through some of the laws here yeah, and sure. understand them. Uh, some of the policy and procedure is different. They had a thing called the Fitzgerald Inquiry, um, yeah. which went right through the whole Queensland Police at that time, like a dose of salts. Yeah, and um, so I found that when I came from the Federal Police, which hadn't undergone any really any sort of serious. Um, investigations of any sort, whereas the Queensland Police had. So I found there was a lot of rest restriction in what you could do. Uh, okay. And everything you had to do, you had to write it down yeah, or okay, put well. it on computer. Yeah. So I remember thinking, holy doodly, you know, why do I have to write this and do this yeah. and do this and do this? You don't have to do it back in Canberra. but No, uh, yeah. no. Well, that, uh, <clears throat> uh, how, how long was the transition period? Did they give you like a transition yeah. period or did they sort of go – uh, here's a badge, mate. Go on. <laughs> go for your life. Go, go son. <laughs> yeah. oh, it, was, it was three three months at the academy. Oh, okay, yeah. And then we, uh, I did a one-year uh, with a field training officer okay. afterwards just to keep an Train. eye on you. Yeah, okay. And then after that, you're, yeah, you're, you're all right. You're good to go. You're good to go. Yeah. And then we, you start out as what, a constable or something? Yeah, constable. Um, and you did And did you go straight into traffic or were you in general duty? You have to do general duties did, to start with. Yeah, I did general duties for a couple of years. Um, mm -hmm. Walked the beat in the city and then did some suburban work. 
Yeah. And then after that, um, I applied for recognition of prior learning. Yeah, okay. For the motorbikes. So oh, went, okay. So I went out to the driver training track for a couple of days and they put me through the paces out there on back then was uh it was called a Honda ST eleven hundred. Oh, okay. Yeah. And very quite a nice bike. And um uh anyway, I passed that okay without any problem and then I just waited for a position to come up in a traffic branch, applied for it, and they said, you're in. Yeah, right. So I, I, I love motorbikes. Yeah, right? yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. So I stuck, so I stuck with it. So it's, it, was, it was a good good career because I love bikes. So yeah. I did you get involved it. on the training side of it as well? Like, did you – yeah. Did they ever help do that sort of stuff? No, no, I didn't. Um, I think the opportunity had come up a couple of times to go over into a driver training like uh, to help environment and yeah. to help, but I yeah uh, you don't you like being out. I just wanted to mingle with the public, uh, yeah, uh, and with other motorcyclists. I used to talk to them, pull them over all the time, have a chin wag to them about their errors in riding <laughs> that they used to do. <laughs> so you will be following. You're going, oh, you're a temporary Australian, <laughs> and I still think that to this day. I watch some of these motorcyclists riding around. I'm going, oh, you're just. An accident waiting to happen. Yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but did you have any? Did you have any crazy moments like that? Like when you're when you're doing the bikes on the, in Queen, in Queen um, Did you have like ones like, like holy shit? Yeah, I. There was probably a, a two or three. I, I had one here uh, in Queensland where it was about one o'clock in the morning. It was just before the Gateway Bridge, yeah. and I'm doing uh, laser in the eighty ah. zone. And a car went past, and I thought, oh, he's a little bit over. And then another because I did hear some. Um, alarms going off in the background in the industrial area. Ah, okay. Anyway, one car went past. He was doing 120 uh, kilometres an hour in the 80s. I said, what, what? That's no good. Yeah. So they ran around, went over. As we went over the top and down, this guy wouldn't stop. He was doing 160. Wow. And it was a Mitsubishi Lancer. Yep. A Evo. Evo. Oh, yeah, Evo. yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I think he's... Not only is he hooking in, but he's not stopping for the flipping gate. <laughs> and it's one of those rubber. Oh, yeah. Oh, back then when back, they had to actually you had to yeah, stop, had to put stop, the money, money in, in and yeah, go through. Go through. He, he went whack straight through it. And I was right behind him. And I remember the gate flicking back and then coming back towards <laughs> me. I ducked down and I went, shoot. And I went, oh. oh, no. So I kept on after him. He had lots of light, lights and sirens going. And then next thing, bang, I'm hit. And my bike's going sideways at about 140. 40, 150 gone. And it was a, um, a, uh, a Subaru. Oh, it was another car. It was another car and he's ramming me because I'm chasing after his mate. Oh, shit. And he's hit me and I've managed to stay on the bike. Yeah. But he's drifted off to the side and he spun and flipped the car. And so I've stopped while the Mitsubishi went down the culvert and back onto the um, northbound lanes and headed back. And I went back. And they jumped out and did the bolt. Yeah. And I've gone back to the car. But it was right, it was right where Ingham's Chicken used to be, the, okay. the factory there. And uh, it was on a blind corner, 100 kilometres an hour. It was dark. I went, yeah. oh, I've got to stay here, keep the lights on. So I did. But they brought the dogs in. And in the back of that Subaru, there were um, about $30,000 worth of stolen phones. Oh, you kidding. A couple of baseball bats. Although, so they just knocked off a place robbed it yep. and anyway they they didn't get their phones <laughs> upside down in the Subaru in the middle oh, of the highway wow holy um, smokes yeah there was that you must have been shitting your pants in that 
Did that? Yeah, but the training. Oh you, yeah, it worked. Obviously, it, you know, you dig in and you hang on. You know what to do. Um, same with chases. I remember another guy. He was on a Honda seven fifty. I think he was. He was. It was in Canberra. He was speeding. Yeah. And anyway, I've turned around, been following through the suburb. We're cutting around through corners, and I said, "Hey, this guy, this guy's going too quick. I'm gonna have to pull him over." So I pulled him over. And he's jumped off the bike and he smashed his helmet on the ground and he's cracking a fit. And I've gone up to him and said, what the hell's wrong with you? And he, he was honestly just trying to get away from me. It was a chase. Oh, really? I, I thought I was only just doing a speed check. <laughs> I thought, you got problems. <laughs> um, you know, uh, and I probably, you know, one of the other ones that really stuck in my mind was, actually that was Canberra too. I was going down a hill. And another motorbike was coming up the hill with a passenger on the back, female passenger. Yeah. And you always pick it. You watch their eyes and yeah. his eyes straight away told me there's yeah. something wrong. Yeah, you yeah. could see it. They water up. Yeah. Go, Let's <laughs> just cop them. So I've spun around, gone after him and he was gone down the hill and he's, he's bolted. Base of the hill is a sharp right-hand bend and there's a park. Ah, yeah. I can't remember the name of it now. He couldn't take that corner. He's gone straight through the park oh. in between a sign. But when he's hit the sign that said the park... It's hit him in the shoulder and he tumbled off the bike and down. But when I got to him, I thought, Jesus, there's a lot of bloody blood around here. And he's moaning. And I pulled his jacket and he's ripped his arm straight off his shoulder. Yeah. And blood's pouring everywhere. And I'm going, oh, no. So I've managed to grab the T-shirt that was there and I stuffed it into his shoulder and hung on to him but, and talked to him. But he eventually died from blood loss. He did die? Yeah. Yeah. At the scene? At the scene. Oh, shit. And uh, the passenger, uh, the female, uh, she's got a couple of grass scratches on her. She was all right. But he, it was all over him being unlicensed, an $80 fine. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah. So he lost oh, his he life. He lost his life for 80 bucks. For 80 bucks. Yeah. Um, and I see that all the time when I was on the bikes of people doing silly things to get away from the police all over a minor thing where – they put themselves at risk as yeah. well as the public and yeah. the poor old cop police officer that's oh, the cop, trying to enforce the law. Yeah, but then also too, you just expose yourself to that that scenario oh, yeah. over their stupidity. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Like you just you just witness someone die. Mm. You know like that's pretty pretty intense. It's it's probably one of the hardest things that you do as a police officer. You see a lot of death and you yeah. see a lot of you know, and you go through. A lot of autopsies in the early yeah. days. You don't oh, do course. it anymore. Yeah, yeah. You used to, you used to have. But, they used to, well, especially here in Queensland. Or, yeah, they used to send an officer up there. Yeah, have an officer there present. Yeah. So we used to, we used to have to watch as part of the continuity of evidence. We had to watch the autopsy. Yeah. yeah. Um. And so, yeah. did you have to do many of those? Or no. Well, I did. I did probably about a dozen. Yeah, I went to, and then after that, they seemed to change policy. Oh, policy. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, you didn't yeah. have to attend. But yeah. I remember the very first one was we got called into this place in Canberra where it was like a hostel. Oh yeah, with single yeah. rooms, and this bloke hadn't answered his door. Oh and okay. They yeah. thought it was weird, so we managed to get a key. We went into the room and we found him laying on the bed. Um with his hand around a certain <laughs> appendage. And I remember the book. It was called Mayfair. <laughs> Lying on his chest. And he was dead. Oh, no. Anyway, we went, oh, okay. Fair enough. We thought he'd had a heart attack. I'm trying he to, probably you know. did. So anyway, the autopsy came up and the surgeon was there, the coroner, and um, 
he's opened him up and gone through it and he goes, ah, so this is what's happened. And because what had happened was he's obviously having a look at the book and he's going, I was going to say hell for leather. Yeah, yeah. You know, imagine yeah, this hit picture. the gravy stroke. Yeah. He's just about to hit the gravy stroke <clears throat> and he's burst the blood vessel in the back of his head. And oh, he was straining too hard. He was straining. And just as you're about to hit the important stroke, yeah. um, it went boom. Oh, no. <laughs> and, uh, lights oh, out. It lights out. Wow. And that was <laughs> oh, that was my very first one. It wasn't just your first <laughs> my one. My first autopsy. Oh, shit. I'm going to be worried. I'm going to get, what is it? It's an aneurysm, isn't it? Aneurysm. Yeah, aneurysm, yeah. yeah um, I'd be worried about having an aneurysm every time then. I have yeah. to make sure don't strain too hard. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> So he um oh, he shit. died he virtually died with a smile on his face. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, you know that's that's the way I want to go out. The hand <laughs> on the old fella, <laughs> yep. reading a book, <laughs> <laughs> grinning away yeah. in fantasy land. Oh, um, so you don't you don't forget no, a lot of that so. stuff and all of the trauma you forget. And and it it after forty years of policing, it it sticks with you. Of course, you get into that PTSD. Yeah, oh, of course. Uh, look, and that stuff, and, oh, of course, that stuff's real too. You know, like that's. Uh, you're 40 years of seeing that sort of stuff, but also too, like the anxiety of going out there yeah. and being a part of that stuff and you know, potentially yeah. getting hurt yourself or, you mm. know, you're a target because mm. of what you well, do. You're, and You're always in fights. And you're course, always getting yeah. hurt. You're getting damaged. I, I, I've i broken both my ankles, yep. from, one from a fight with underage drinking, another one from a, a motorbike accident, police bike accident. I broke my right hand from a guy that tried to kill me, run run me over. Yeah. Had knee surgeries. I think the last one I had, oh, I had that. I got smashed in the back of the head where I should have been a quadriplegic. Wow. Because the disc between C five and C six went into my spinal cord. Shoot. So I've had two titanium discs put, artificial discs put into my neck, and then the last one I think, uh, what was that one? That was where I was fighting a guy for a domestic violence on the ground out the front of the house with uh, my partner and bang, I thought, geez, this guy stabbed me. <laughs> I remember the streets underneath. And I thought, I'm losing power on my right arm. Anyway, I, we eventually got him, subdued him and sprayed him and, that, and subdued him and I ended up going having to go to hospital. But what had happened on the x-ray, because I saw, I saw my right side wasn't looking right to my left. Yeah, yeah. And on the x-ray showed that during the struggle, I think the strain was so s- sudden strain that I ripped my right peck straight off my shoulder Ooh. and it had flopped down inside my chest. Yeah, it pulled, it come down. It, straight it down, lapped, yeah. and land was yeah. down here. Yeah. And so the operation that I had to have later on was I had to cut me right open, he drilled holes, put anchor points, <laughs> had to reach into my chest and stretch yeah. the peck back up over the top and so And, you know, so there's been a lot of broken bones and yeah. torn things and oh, all, shit, of it, yeah. all of it through the police, not yeah. through... Having a night on the Terps and fighting someone in the street, or yeah, yeah, it's all oh, it's from all my from, work. Yeah, it's yeah. All from, or from a hobby or sports or yeah. something that you do. Or so the problem is that that sticks with you. Then so now you go into this, like me, I have vivid, yeah, bad of nightmares or every night about action stuff. Oh, I, I and, would too. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. And I, yeah, I don't know whether or not you can ever get rid of them. I'm not too sure. But yeah, well, that's but that's you, a real just, thing. You have to deal with it. Man. No, oh, of course you would. Wake up in the morning, and go. Oh, well, it was just a dream. Don't yeah. worry about it. Yeah, forget about it. Yeah, that's pretty intense, eh? Yeah, it is. Yeah, do you? Yes. How do you? you I don't. I don't have. A, I don't know what you do there, eh? That's well. 
Yeah. I, I, I suppose, like, I'm a typical bloke. It's like, suck it up, buttercup. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, I know, yeah. Just get on with your life and mm. you do, but it's just, you know, sometimes you go to bed and you go, oh, what am I going to dream about tonight, yeah. you know? But and I, I, could, I, I could imagine, well, 40 years of intense bloody days. I mean, that. Yeah. I, I mean, like, because you've always, you've always got a target on your head. That's the thing I would. I would look at it. You're going out there with a bit well, of a target. You do. And the thing is, it's not a uh, – it's hard to be prepared for it in a yeah. way because whatever happens, happens suddenly. That's right. And you have to try and deal with a sudden violent incident right there and then in front of you. And how do you deal with it? And you've got to have that experience and a little bit of knowledge yeah. and know-how to survive it. Yeah. So and uh, so you know, how, how long have you been out of the force now? Uh, five years. Five years. Yeah. So I'm 65, and I got out at 60. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. It's a, I still think they should give you some more years. Yeah, I think. Well, it, I, I'm glad that they're. I'm glad that they're actually doing something like that. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. are now, and I think that it helps. It helps a lot to have those that experience still floating around to help younger younger constables. You know. I reckon so too. Yeah, definitely. Because yeah, so. like you've got you know. Best way to have a yeah. juniors is have someone who's had all their first-hand field yeah. experience. And and like you said, there are those at 60 years of age who are still fit yeah. and still able-bodied to, well, you're, to continue on. Well, that's it. Well, you, you yourself, you, you regularly exercise, you go to the gym, mm. you know, you're a very fit person, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think that at that time it just felt a little – I felt uneasy being kicked. Like, I, as far as I was concerned, I didn't retire. That's I right. Yeah, you got out. you got kicked out. Yeah. I got kicked out. Yeah, you didn't retire. No. <laughs> you got asked to leave. Yeah, <laughs> and I had no choice. Yeah, Come, it's, it's know, sixty out. Yeah, it's, see ya. It's, yeah, it's weird because at midnight, you wait, at midnight, one minute past midnight, boom, you have no authority anymore. It's gone. You can't yeah. lock up people. You can't arrest them. You yeah. can't do this. You can't do that. It's all just gone. And how, see how, you later. And how do you transition out of that too? That's, because it, that would have been weird, wouldn't it? It was weird. I found it really hard. For the, yeah. about three months, it was difficult for me to cope with the fact that you just all that experience, all the qualifications that you have, yeah. they're only good within the police. That's right. And I can't couldn't use them outside in the yeah. in the world. And it wasn't until like three months about that that I started to feel a little bit easier with myself, and I started realizing that there was pressure coming off my shoulder. So I could go out in my car and I didn't have to look over my shoulder. Yeah. There wasn't people I was arguing with. I wasn't fighting. I wasn't doing this and I wasn't doing that. And then I started to realise, oh, hang on, the, the world's still here. It's surviving. It really yeah. didn't need, you know, like yeah. sometimes you think the world only survives because you're there. Yeah. But then you realise once you get out of the police, no, hang on, it's surviving quite well without me. And Yeah, that's yeah, right. You know, so, yeah. But yeah, it was a difficult transition. And I can understand why other police have that very difficult. Oh, I can see. I can Mil- military I, too. Yeah, definitely. The, the, the yeah. armed forces are the same. Yeah, yeah. I can yeah. imagine it would after, be after combat duty for you know doing all the intense fighting and all that, and then you come back and the brotherhood, the camaraderie, all that. Yeah, and, and then all of a sudden you're out of it, and then to a normal civilian life. It's a diff- difficult black and tra- white. Yeah, yeah, difficult transition. Oh, it would be. Yeah, oh, it makes perfect sense. So, what do you do with yourself these days? I know you. I know you're, you've got employment, but like, what do you do? Yeah, you're busy with that. Like, do you, is that full time for you, or do you like yeah. to just um, have you got a little bit of extra time I for did, yourself these days? What do you? I I I went into um, 
I decided to apply for – well, someone told me, what are you going to do when you yeah. get out? I said, I don't know. Yeah. But I don't want to do nothing because uh, I think that it's, it's an early trip to my grave. Well, it is, 100%. I think the, the things that keep people alive is keeping active. Yeah. The so, worst thing someone can do is nothing. <laughs> so I, um, they said, um, what do you want to do? I said, look, someone had mentioned that there was uh, driving positions to look after in the, in the government. Yeah. And so I applied for that. And with all the courses and the expertise that I've had in driving, they quickly took me on to look after government staff. Oh, and, cool. And that. So that's what I do now. Yeah. And it's good. It, it's, I enjoy it. You enjoy it's your job? Long hours. It's 12, 14 hour days. Yeah. So very long days. But. Oh, good. Um, yeah. Are you. And you. Um, how long have you been doing that for? Was it. Oh, nearly five years. Oh, now, so it was literally that. like a couple of months after you after then, you got asked to leave. Yep, yeah, yeah, so I was asked <laughs> to leave. Yes, that's true. <laughs> so it, uh, I've done that. So it's good. I, I don't mind. Look, you know, I'm a single bloke, and yeah. I enjoy being able to work, keep my mind occupied. I yeah. get home. It may be eight o'clock at night or nine o'clock at night, but then I like, nah, I'm going to the gym. So I go to the gym. Yeah. I train. Get back home. Go to bed, so it's long. It's almost like work, eat, sleep, repeat. Yeah. Yeah. That's about it every day. <laughs> that's you know. cool, but that's what I guess that's what's keeping you fit and young. Like, yeah. you know, I know, I know. It's funny, like you say, you're 65, but you know, you're a fit 65 year old. Like you don't. It, it's, back in the day, if you said someone was 65, it yeah. seemed old, but it, <laughs> it's not. Yeah, it's until, until you get to 65. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I can't speak to that, but, <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're but uh, you know, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like I think, I think, I think, uh, yeah, I just yeah. think that's, yeah, I think that there's a, a whole, you know, sixty five is a new forty five or something like that. I, yeah, you know, I, I think that's but, the way they look at it. Yeah, and as you said earlier on, there's more encouragement to exercise for older yeah, people. Definitely, you've got all those different um, helps with proteins and. Yeah. Vitamins and minerals these days, and very eating very plans eating and plans, yeah, and better si- better science, better mm. better medications, better yeah. so it's all better diet, dieting and everything. It's, it's giving you, uh, and it's all there, you know, for your for yeah. your health at that yeah. age, and it, and it does work. You take it on, and you. you but you it also, it. but you've always been a physically fit person too, and that does mm. help. Like you've it done it since you were a kid. Like you, yeah. Yeah, you, yeah. Did, you, did, well, you did a lot of athletics and stuff as younger, yeah. you know. And um, I did. I did it because I liked it. Yeah. Now I do it out of necessity. Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> I think <laughs> I think that's set the foundations for you later on in your life too. I think but, so. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, I did. I mean, like the whole family have been – brothers were into taekwondo, you yeah. know, and one of – Grant, he was – got second damn black belt in taekwondo and yeah. – and, you know, Adam and all the others played soccer and foot, played American football, gridiron, and uh, like even yourself yeah. and the family, you know, do a lot of the uh, that K, uh, uh, Jiu Jitsu. Yeah, Jiu Jitsu, yeah, the Jiu Jitsu, yeah, yeah. you know, and that's all, it's all ingrained into the family. So it is, it's isn't been it? a good example to, yeah, for definitely. all of us, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because uh, you're, you're the oldest, just to give the listeners a bit of an idea, you're the oldest of the five boys. So grandma yes. and grandpa had five children, five yeah, boys. boys yeah, you're the yeah, oldest. Yes. Then it goes Blair, his second, and my old man. Yes, yes. Which yeah. you guys have very similar in looks. People get confused. Get mixed up. <laughs> when you come up to Rocky, people come up to you, oh, g'day, Grant, how you going? Well, we were... <laughs> 
one night we went to a nightclub up here yeah. near the river. And I've walked up and there's this huge big black bouncer. And he's sitting there and going, oh, this is going to be interesting. And Grant was about five minutes behind me. And as I've walked up to him, he goes, Grant, how are you? Come on in. <laughs> anyway, five minutes later on, Grant walks in. And I can see this guy looking around. He was totally confused. <laughs> he's like, did you change your shirt? <laughs> What the hell? <laughs> so uh, it's funny that, isn't it? Yeah. And then the, and then you got Clayton uh, and Adam, the the, yes. the youngest, the, yes. the baby. Yeah, the baby. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so uh, yeah, it's five boys. Jeez, that must must have given Grandma a well, handful, eh? I think uh, the eldest three, me, Grant, and Blair, we were the ones that gave them hell. Yeah, because we were always. I can remember quite often, Mum would go, "Wait until your father gets home," <laughs> and I knew then. You're in you shit. hear the police bike rock up and you go, oh, here we go. <laughs> and you can hear this yelling in the background. The old man would walk in and he'd throw us on the bed and a flipping big police leather belt come out of his jotties. <laughs> and it was whack, whack, whack. <laughs> Don't you ever do that again. jeez. <laughs> <laughs> We got the hammering. Yeah, not just but, a normal belt too, no, a service yeah, yeah, a, service one. A nice, good, thick leather police <laughs> one. Anyway, I've got to admit we deserved it. Yeah, oh, we, they usually we, do. We cop the hiding because we deserved it. Yeah, it's usually the case. So I always wore it. We, I mean, we, we all wore it. I think Blair was a little apprehensive every now and then but <laughs> <laughs> about the whole thing. But yeah. I just took it as punishment. Oh, but, yeah. I mean, you do back then. These days you'd be in jail, I suppose. But. Yeah, oh, jeez, yeah. But I mean, like, that's it's funny how... Well, I guess um, it's funny how like that you 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 put that impression on people with that sort of stuff too. Because like even Blair, he did the he went through the uh, Australian Protective Service. Was oh, he yes. was in the federal yeah. police as well. Like, he was in the Australian Protective Service. service yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was like a security side. It was it was separate, but I think they actually integrated them with the with federal, the federal police, police, didn't they? Yeah, on, later yes. on. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, actually, with the option of those in the protective service to also integrate back into the federal police with uh-huh. a minor course, yeah. I think, if I remember rightly. Yeah, well, Gra- well Grandpa, he was... Uh... He was the area, uh, the regional commander for the protective service. Was he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for the ACT region. Yeah, yeah, yeah nice, yeah. yeah ran that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you know, a bit of policing in the family and... And all that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, so there's a, bit of, there's a bit of history behind bit it of history as well. history behind yeah. it, yeah. It all started off with me going to school on a... Police bike. There's a cool photo there at Grandma's place. Once again, there's a photo of Grandpa on a B on a BSA, and then there's a photo of you on a one. I think I think it might have been the Beamer. Yes, the Beamer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think it was the first series of the um, of the of the Beamer, the flat four that came in. Mm. Yeah, I think I'm trying to remember if that was about 25 years difference between them. I'm trying to remember now. Uh, what it was, yeah, because yeah, I reckon it was. It must have been the picture of him on the BSA was at in Thebiton Barracks in um, Adelaide. Yeah, okay. And the one on me was out the front of their place. It was, yeah, yeah, it was at the front. Of, it was, yeah, yeah, I remember that one. It was yeah. at the front of their place, yeah. yeah. Place yeah, that yeah. they're still in now, yeah. Yeah, I, and that's that, that's still on the wall there, is it? Yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I just, uh, yeah, no, just it's funny that you see those photos and uh, I just remember those and, yeah. Yeah, yeah good, good yeah. memories. But. Are you still, you're still riding though, don't you? You got that bike, you got the... You I sold it. Oh, you got rid of it. I yeah. sold it. I had the Yamaha um, Big bike. MT-01. Yeah. yeah 1700cc V-twin with the Warrior Yamaha Warrior motor in it. Yeah. Good bike. Good thumper. Yeah. Loved it. What was, you've you've had a fair few bikes over the years. What was your favourite? Um, 
I would say probably the Honda CBX eleven hundred Super Blackbird. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. That Blackbird was a really nice bike. It had great performance, great handling. It was a good tourer. It was yeah. sort of like a, a brilliant. They had, they had twin, a V-twin. That, that, that was a four-cylinder one. Yeah, inline four. Inline four, yeah. yeah right, e- yeah. Um, East-west, inline four. So it was yeah. good mode, very strong. And it was only a couple of years after that when I bought it, they stopped producing, the Honda stopped producing it. I mean, Suzuki have kept going with their um, G, with their um, Hayabusa. Oh, yeah. yeah. But no, Honda stopped and I... Never ever figured out why because I thought it was a bit of a winner of a bike, but yeah. they went you know, they have their reasons, I suppose. Yeah, you, you reckon you'll get another bike, or you just sort of you got to hang the boots up on that, <laughs> mate? Well, I don't know, we'll see. I, yeah. um, I probably wouldn't mind another bike, yeah, it'd yeah. be okay, but yeah. yeah, but I'll have to look at um, what type of uh. How my mind's changed over the years. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Go away from sports bikes to. Do more... you reckon you'll ever go a cruise like a Harley or something like that? Did you ever? Yeah, that point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've always said for years, boat anchors. But, yeah, 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 yeah. But you do change. Your your mind changes, and yeah, of course, and a... your style changes. Like you, yeah, I, I love a Harley. I've actually ran a Harley Davidson shirt now. Yeah. Well, I love it because uh, <laughs> I'm slack. I like to sit in back and mm. just cruising. Well, that's what they're for. Yeah. And I, the, the ones that you got, I love them. I reckon they're great. Yeah. I love that black. It looks mean. Looks mean, eh? Yeah. yeah, and they sound hot. Yeah. So um, it's an impressive bike. And, yeah, it could be something I would could look at, you know, as a yeah. bit of a cruiser. Bit of a cruiser style it'd thing. It'd be nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But So that's sort of like what I've been doing over 40 years. It's just yeah, it's cool, isn't it? Like, it's cool just to get a little bikes. bit of a – yeah. Yeah. Cool. It's cool that you have it sort of, you had it sort of integrated with your work, but then also as your thing that you did outside of work as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, the the bikes was probably the one of the things that I, that I enjoyed doing. I did a little bit of um, uh, taekwondo with Grant, yeah, my brother. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and then you, and then you did well. You uh, you did athletics as a young and man did as athletics, well. Yeah. yeah. You, you did pretty good too. Yeah, did all right. Yep, yep. Did yeah. good in high school with it and enjoyed yeah. it. So. Um, but that was good. No, I think it was all good preparatory stuff for the yeah. police. Oh, of course being it was. physically yeah. fit. Yeah, oh, definitely. And then, like I said to you, because you continued it through your whole life, yeah. that's what set the foundations for who you are now. Like it's kit. That's yeah. why you're still fit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I enjoy it. I've got an appreciation for being able to deal with people. Yes. And I can quite often, because I've had to do so much of it over the years, you know, I've had friends – who have come up and say, look, I need some advice yeah. on this, this and this. And it can be on marriage, violence of some sort, um, yeah. anything. And generally I can sit down with them and I can go back over instances in my life and relate to them yeah. about what they're going through and they appreciate it. And I don't think I could have gotten that unless – Without the experience Without of the experience of being, being a, police a police officer. officer. Yeah, no, Definitely. Uh, look, I uh, it was really cool to get a bit of an insight into it. It's cool hearing those stories and stuff. Uh, like, yeah. like you know, even just for my own personal, get a bit of an idea of some of the things that you did over the years. Yeah, yeah. I, it's just a great it's a great format to be able to um, get these stories from people. Hey, yeah, but, mean, you know, it brings up a bit of some of the old stories too for yourself as yeah, well. Yeah, and I think I think look, that's only. What I've mentioned is just the tip of the iceberg. Oh, of course. I've, I mean, I've experienced over oh, life, but look, you know, I'll be hearing for the next three weeks. Oh, of course, definitely telling yeah. you stories. But yeah, yeah, that's it. No, it's just cool to get a bit of an insight. There's that no. one there I want to I want to bring up. 
Yeah, the old man's not here. Uh, the, <laughs> about how you stitched him up with the with the car in Canberra. He was speeding yeah. or something in the SS. Yeah. He was, yeah, that's right, yeah. I caught him uh, coming. He just bought the SS in yeah. the UK. He had someone with him and he was, we caught him on radar coming towards us and um, I thought, you know, that car is familiar but we spun around and when we pulled it up, um, I said, that's my brother. <laughs> <laughs> That dog is speeding. <laughs> so um, I kept the high beams on the, and the lights going and I told my partner, you go in front of me because when he looks in the rear vision mirror, all he's going to see is two cops walking towards him and he won't, it all will be bright lights and we'll yeah. be out. So he's walked up to him and started talking to him and then I stuck my head in the window and he nearly passed out. He, <laughs> he thought he was about to lose his licence, go to jail. Yeah, I think he'd had a beer or two. Yeah. And, uh, it was all going against him. Yeah. And I said, Grant, what are you doing? <laughs> and he looked at me and went, oh. <laughs> I've got a chance of getting out of this. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> uh, I love it. No, I just wanted to put that out there so people yeah. can have a listen to it. Yeah, yeah it's good. good. You do get some funny things that happen to you mm. as a cop, and so, and they, you know, you do. You have, you have your good times with the public. Oh, of course, definitely. But you treat. I always treated the public the way that I would expect to be treated. Yes. Except with um, motorcycle gang members. Yep. I treat them like they were the one percent of the public. Yeah. Weren't worth worrying about. But the rest of them, yeah, you know, I always and I very rarely got complaints. Yes. Because um, I treated them right. No, you're fair. You know, yeah. I was fair. That's with like them. what. Uh, that's what. Like what. Um, uh, one, uh, one of the guests I had on the other day. His name's Shagger, and uh, he did a stint yeah. down where you were. Oh yeah, down there, and then he finished up here in Rocky. Oh okay. um, yeah. He said the same thing. He goes, I treated them fairly, yep. but I was also honest with them. Yes. So I didn't didn't. Bullshit them either. He goes, no. you know, like if someone can't, am I getting any? Pr- nah, you're probably, you're going to jail. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like you're not, you're not getting away with it. Yeah. You're going to jail. You know, and then, and then they do, and they come out like, oh, at least, at least you yeah. told me how it was going to be. You didn't fluff it, or no. you know. quite often they didn't like you being honest, but they but appreciated, appreciated it. it. That's that it. You were straightforward with yeah. them, and that they and weren't being stitched. That's right, and they weren't. You weren't blowing yeah. smoke up their That's ass right. or something like that. But yeah. So look, I uh, absolutely appreciate it. Like we, I literally put you on the spot. I was like, "You want to come and tell some stories?" Yeah. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, right. It was good. Yeah. Uh, no, it was great. No, thanks for letting me. This was really great. You like it? Yeah, yeah I, I love it. it. Cool. I mean, you just have a bit of a just informal conversation yeah. and yeah. get a bit of an idea. But it's also you got it. You've got yeah. that stored now, you know, and mm. something that your family can listen to. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, oh, yeah. they can. Yeah, well, yeah, that's cool, eh? So. Yeah, so that's it. So no, I'll thanks heaps for that. Appreciate it. No, and um, I'll uh, we'll catch up again soon. Later on down the track, like you might have, like if you ever get an opportunity, maybe jot down some memories and stuff, Mm. and we'll get you back on again, and you can tell some Mm. more stories. Oh, there's plenty there. Yeah, Yeah, stories from the force. Yep. It's cool. Yep. Awesome. Oh, thanks, Uncle Dale. Appreciate it. That's all right. No, thanks for having me on. <laughs> it's been great. Yeah, awesome. Mm, thanks. Appreciate it. Thank and, you. And uh, thanks for the listeners for tuning in. We'll catch up again soon. Cheers. Thanks. See ya. See ya.